February 24th, 1978. Five men from Marysville, California, drove to a basketball game in Chico. The last time they were seen alive was shortly after the game ended at a convenience store just off the Chico State campus. Their car was later found in a remote area of the Plumas National Forest. Months later, four of their bodies were found miles from the car. To this day, the fifth man, Gary Mathias, has not been found. The reason they ended up in the Plumas National Forest is still unknown and has since become one of the strangest missing persons mysteries of all time. Welcome to Fact and Suspicion. I'm your host, Dan, here with my co-host, Ben. Hello. And today we will be discussing the Yuba County Five. So, you know, luckily this week, uh, I won't even have to pretend like I don't know anything about the case. This is one I've genuinely never heard about ever. Really? This is one of my favorite, I hate to say favorite about, you know, case where people die, but Mm -hmm. this happened in the 70s. I think we're far enough removed I can call it a favorite, right? Yeah. Maybe. And it's it's so mysterious. That's what I like about it. People actually call this one the American Dyatlov Pass. I mean, we're doing a true crime podcast. There's there's a certain moral dilemma there anyway. I, I guess that's true, right? But you sweat one, it probably shouldn't be one from the 70s. Well, that's a good point. But uh, let's talk about this. This is um, a story of five men uh, that, that went missing. And the something that, that links these men together, they were all actually mentally challenged somewhat uh they were very high functioning uh but they they did have some some disabilities okay. if, if that's uh, if that makes sense and we had these five men one is jack madruga jack was 30 years old and uh he was the driver that drove them to the basketball game that night uh-huh. uh he owned a 1967 mercury montego and he he absolutely loved that car. It was his favorite thing in the world. You know, wouldn't let anyone else drive it. He uh, he kept it clean, everything like that. Uh, he also had worked as a, a dishwasher. So you see, like the kind of like employment stuff he was he was doing, and he actually had trouble holding those kind of jobs down. Right? But he was at least competent enough to be able to hold down a job. Yeah, and yeah, he drive could. Yeah, and do basic things. Yeah, like I said, like like these guys are, are very high functioning. Uh, his best friend was Bill Sterling. 29 years old. He actually worked with Jack uh, for a while at the fruit company where he was a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Bill was like super religious. He used to like go out and try to like witness to people and stuff. And I think that was just like his method of going out and making friends, stuff like that, you know. Um, and then you have Ted Wire was 32 years old. Ted was a super friendly guy. He's always trying to meet everybody. He he saw like if he sees a new person, he goes, tries to talk to him. Um, according to his family, he'd get like really upset if he you know, tried to meet a new person. They didn't really want to engage with him. You know, it would hurt his feelings and stuff. He, um, is the sensitive one of the group uh, a bit. And he, um, his brother actually said in an interview with the Sacramento Bee, uh, strangely that th- this article from 2019, the Sacramento Bee is where I got a lot of information of this case. It's a really good article. If anybody wants to check it out. Uh, but his brother said that he just lacked much common sense. He said one time he actually spent a hundred dollars, and this is back in the seventies, okay. on pencils for just no apparent reason, just about a hundred dollars worth of pencils. Um, and and one time his brother actually had to drag him out of a burning house 
Uh, Ted didn't want to get out of the bed because he said, oh, I've got to, I've got to get up, you know, go to work in the morning. I'm going to be well rested. So you can see, like, these are the kind of issues these these, right, these, right, these right. guys particularly have. Um, Jackie Hewitt was the fourth member of the group. He was 24 years old. And he had, um, he was the most severely handicapped of the group. He um, he was really good friends with, with Ted Wire. Uh, but he depended a lot on Ted and on his parents. Uh, Jackie, he could not read or write. He couldn't dial a phone. Oh, wow. uh, I mean, he could get around and do stuff, but, you know, he just, he had trouble with certain, you know, um, so major was, things that you need to do. He was obviously then more challenged. More challenged, than the yeah. Rest. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have the fifth guy who actually uh, didn't have a mental disability, um, but he was... Um, he was severely schizophrenic. Uh, his name okay. was Jack Matthias. Or sorry, Jack Matthias. His name was Gary Matthias. He's 25 years old. Was he the leader of the group? Not really the leader of the group. He was really sort of the, the newest one of the group. And as I said before, you know, like uh, Madruga and Sterling were best friends. And then Wire and Hewitt were best friends. And uh, Gary was just sort of like the fifth man. I wouldn't call him the odd man out. He loved hanging out with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all really good friends. But like I said, Gary was uh, schizophrenic. And he had a lot of issues with this in the past. He had a police record because of it. He was discharged from the army uh, because of his schizophrenia and his uh, his mental health problems. And but was he like hearing voices bad. A lot of like definitely some really bad stuff. He he dealt with severe psychosis from it. Now I would like to say he'd been on medication for a couple of years and hadn't had any issues with it in about two years though. Okay. So th- this has really helped him turn his life around. He really turned everything around. He was doing a lot better. But he had some really severe issues. He had some issues of being violent before that. Uh, at one case, a, a couple in Yuba, California. Woke up to find Matthias in their bedroom, and he was looking for a ring that he thought he was supposed to return to Satan. So okay. yeah, he he got some really. Let's sh- just maybe just pause there for a second. Mm. Okay, were they like neighbors? Did he just uh, they didn't know him. Random. They house? did not know him. He just I just picked some. I'm not sure that he he picked it randomly. Maybe he had a reason for picking it, right, but they right. didn't know who he was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so as you see, he dealt with severe issues from his schizophrenia when he was not medicated. Can you imagine being those people in the house? God, no. Being told, yeah, I I'm just believe, looking for a ring for Satan. Uh, I can't believe. I mean, I guess because it's you know this is California is the only reason he made out of that house alive. Yeah. Because like like where we are, and I'm not trying to yeah <laughs> come to come to the deep south. Yeah. This yeah is I'm just looking for a ring for Satan. Yeah. Like 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 guns live like, in these houses. You know, a, you can't do that. That alone That's probably like, enough to get you shot. But yeah. doing it in some, in, inside of someone's home when oh, you're not yeah. supposed to be there. And, and I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just saying like like you you have to like it has he had to have picked a, a good house for that yeah. right you know because. Yeah. That's that's a dangerous thing, you know. Like people, I'm surprised people survive that. Um, now, Gary, other than uh, Madruga, was did the he only... find the ring? <laughs> I don't know if he found one or not. I don't think he found Satan's ring there, but no, yeah, worth the shot. <laughs> At any rate, um, he he was the only one to have a driver's license, uh, other than uh, Madruga. Uh, Matthias was. Uh, oh, one other thing that I read in that article from Sacramento Bee. This is insane. One time he walked over 500 miles. Uh, from Portland, Oregon, back to Yuba, California. And according to this article, the way he survived is he would steal milk off of people's porch to drink and eat dog food to get back. And like That's this wild. is, yeah. So, so I, I really, I'm not trying to like, God, I'm not trying to make fun of this guy or anything, but I want to explain like how severe his psychosis could get. 
right. uh, with schizophrenia. And also that this guy... Did he have a reason for that trip? Just trying to... I think he had been staying with his grandmother and decided to come back. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, but, but also, I want to point out that, like, he... Seem to have some survival skills as well, right? Okay. Because I think they'll come into play in this, uh, at least when we're discussing what happens later on. Um, but let, let's go and see, see what the, these guys were doing right on this night. Now, um, the thing that brought these guys together, the way they were all friends, is they are part of, of this thing called the Gateway Project, which was sort of a day program for adults in Yuba County. Okay. okay. Um, and it's somewhere they could go... Uh, hang out, socialize, but they'd also could learn, learn skills. Uh, I, I think you, they could even go through programs to get trades with okay. the project. And they all played on the gateway centers, uh, basketball team called the gateway Gators. Now the very next day, the, after the night they were going on the trip to see the basketball game, they were supposed to play on a basketball game, you know, with their, their Gators team. Uh, it was a game for a tournament, like a special Olympic sort of tournament. Mm-hmm. And the winner of the tournament was supposed to win a, a week long trip to LA. And they were all really excited about this trip. They were all playing, or not necessarily the trip, but the, the basketball game. Right, right. Right. And hoping they could win the trip to LA. All the guys had talked to their families about it. They were really excited about it. Even Matthias, who, you know, didn't have, uh, any sort of handicap, you know, and, and, He's going to he's going to be drawn into question later on. Was really excited about this. He had told his mother, "Make sure I don't sleep in tomorrow because we got to get this basketball." Okay, okay. All right. So um, they all seemed like they were all planning on doing this the next day. So you said in the intro that they had attended a basketball. Yeah, game. yeah. I'm about to get to that. Yeah. Is was that have something to do with this? Not really. It's just that they're big basketball fans. Okay. So they were going. They, Appreciate they, that. So what they had planned to do is. Uh, they were going to Chico State campus to watch a basketball game, uh, Chico State against UC Davis. And they're all really big fans of UC Davis, actually. Okay. Uh, now, they drove up there that night. It's about an hour from their home in Marysville uh, to Chico State. So they go up there. Chico State wins. Or excuse me. Chico State does not win. UC Davis wins, right? So I'm sure the guys are really happy about it. And after the game, they stop off at a convenience store. Uh, the convenience store is called Bears Market. And they're in there close to 10 p.m. Now, we know this because uh, the clerk was really annoyed because they closed at 10 o'clock. Okay. And remembers them very specifically coming in there and buying this stuff. And uh, I actually didn't put it in my notes, but there's so many articles that list very specifically the snacks they bought. I don't think it's that important, but (laughs) uh, it's really crazy. If you listen to another podcast about this, they're going to list off. They had a Snickers bar and a marathon bar and a quart and a half of milk. It's really Crazy. I had to look up what a marathon bar was. It was terrible. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I don't know either. Seems like some odd details put in an article. It really is, right? I mean, is it in any way relevant to the actual story? I don't know. I heard one person argue that it seemed like they had snacks for four people, but there are five of them. But like, maybe somebody wasn't hungry. Like, come on, yeah. I mean, seriously, like, why argue that point? Right? Whatever. Anyway, but why was the convenience store owner angry? Did they come in close to close? Yeah, it was closed. They closed at ten o'clock, right? And that's how they know what time they were there because they were about to. They're getting ready to shut down. And the clerk was like, oh, hey, these guys came in real close to close. And I was kind of annoyed. We weren't mad at them, but it's enough to like, like be annoyed and remember, oh, yeah, I was ready okay. to go home. I'm sorry. If you're yeah. a store clerk, you don't get to be angry. Oh, right. When, someone, when, when you have to just, what? Bring somebody up. Real yeah. quick. I mean, try waiting tables. Oh, really? I know. And somebody come in five minutes before you close. Yeah, forget that. Like, like the, the server has such a difficult time there because you were the one that has to go to the kitchen where they've already started cleaning up. And the kitchen's like, I'm not making anything. You have to go tell them this. And so you're like, you go to your manager and you're like, I don't know what to do because the kitchen says they're not cooking anything for me. And, you know, and then the manager's like, oh, you go up there and take the order and you tell the kitchen they're making it. 
I hate it. I hated it. I hated it. I didn't mean to give you flashbacks, buddy. <sighs> well, if, if anyone doesn't know, this is a situation we've dealt with. But anyway, let's keep going. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not saying right. that. I don't think the clerk was rude to him or anything. Should we keep that rant in? Yeah, I think so. Fuck it. I don't mean to say that the clerk was rude to them or anything. I have no clue. Right, right. I just know that that kind of stuck out in the clerk's mind. Gotcha, gotcha. Because, you know, obviously, if somebody comes in like two minutes before you close, you're going to remember them more than you did like somebody at five o'clock in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, of course. I don't know how they knew exactly what the guys bought unless they just, I, mean, I know they found wrappers in the car, but that doesn't seem to me to be like an, uh, an exact list of what they got because when somebody took something with them, I don't know. It was yeah. a weird thing to me. At any rate, though, that's the last time they're seen. Okay. Uh, leaving that convenience store? Leaving that convenience store is the last time they're seen alive. Now, well, I say that. That's the last time they're for sure seen oh, alive. Positive identification. Uh, but when they go missing and the police start searching for them, uh, a man named Joseph Schoen, I hope that's pronounced Schoen, maybe Sean, okay. uh, calls the police and says, I think I saw those guys on that particular night. And now here's where the story starts to go off the rails. Uh-huh. All right. Joseph Schoen was up in the Plumas National Forest area. Okay. He was driving. Um, now, some articles say he was driving, trying to drive back home. Some say he was driving to a cabin that he had rented. At any rate, it's a really rough road and it's snowing heavily. Uh-huh. His car gets stuck in the snow. So Schoen gets out and tries to push his car out to, you know, get it back to moving. And Schoen has a mild heart attack. Oh. Right. So he gets back in his car with the heater on. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe somebody come by. I can't keep trying to push it, obviously. Well, he gets back in his truck and just sits there, doesn't he? Yeah, he just sits there. You I, this I have yeah. I have heard of this one before because mm-hmm. that, that stuck out to me. Okay. I, it's, I, it's it's crazy. How right? I didn't catch any other stuff, I don't know. But I do remember that, that specifically the guy mm-hmm. having a heart attack and not taking it particularly seriously. Well, I think he took it seriously. It's just that he was, you know, way up the mountain. Yeah, well, yeah, do, right? do. Fair enough. Uh, we don't have cell phones, right? You know, he didn't have a cell phone. It's the seventies. So at any rate, uh, Sean gets back in his car and just sort of like passes out for a little while. Cause I mean, he's dealing with having a heart attack. Right? Right. Well, he says he wakes up. It's probably 11 or 12 at night. He thinks, and, uh, he's hearing the whistling sound that wakes him up and he sees two sets of headlights up ahead of him, sort of down the road a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he, he also sees some figures. It looks like a group of men and a woman with a baby. So he gets out of his car and starts yelling for help. And as soon as he starts yelling, the, the lights go dead. It goes quiet. And they're just quiet. It's like they, they're trying to hide or something. Uh-huh. So he thinks it's really strange, but you know he's also having a heart attack. So maybe maybe he's not processing things correctly at this point either. Right? So he, he gets back in his car and sits down. And then a, a bit later, he or sees... If, hey, if it's a woman, you said in a baby? Yeah. Maybe they were just afraid it was someone trying to hurt him. Right? You I never mean, know, right? Like, it was like caution would be warranted in the sitting there in the middle of the woods. Or you something. would think so, right? But like, this is a really weird place for a woman with a baby just to be hanging out because this is yeah. Okay. There are no homes around here. Right? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this, this is, is just this desolate. is a national forest area oh. on a back road. You know, yeah, that does seem like it just doesn't make sense. Right? I mean, he had been job. up there like I don't know if he was hiking, but he was up in the area like he had rented a cabin, something like that. He 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 had a reason to be there. One of those places you're probably not there by happenstance. Exactly right. So when he again when he wakes up again though he sees flashlights up in the area, uh, but not headlights. So he gets out and tries to yell again, and the flashlights go off. They stop, and everybody gets quiet. So this is a really weird story, right? 
But the next morning, his car runs out of gas. It's cold. He uh, he gets out and says, I've got to walk down to this lodge that I saw before. He walks down to the lodge, uh, gets in touch with medical uh, personnel. They come get him taken to the hospital. And um, when he walked down to the lodge, he passed their car, the, uh, the 1967 Mercury. Okay. okay. So when he calls police, he's telling them the story. They're like, this is, sounds like a crazy story. There's no way this has anything to do with these guys. But he tells them, and I passed this car. He described the car. And he describes their car to a T. They're like, wow, maybe we should check this out. How far would this have been away from their last known location in that gas station? I'm not exactly sure exactly how far it is from the gas station, but they were about two hours out of the way. From their we way have home. no idea why they went in that direction? No, no idea. That's the strangest part about it. We have no idea how they ended up there. Um, because it was not on their way home, obviously. They would have had to have gotten off. There's possibility if they took the wrong exit off the highway and just kept going, they could have wound up there. Right. But you'd think at some point when you start going up a mountain, you're going to turn around. You know? I mean, I think we have to make certain allowances. Given- yeah, but you also have to think like Matthias knew what he was doing. And uh, uh, Madruga actually took maps with them to make sure they could make it back and forth to the game. Hmm. Uh, again, though, it's not. It's snowing. You know, we have to make allowances for these guys. Maybe they're making the wrong kind of judgment or something in this situation. But but we don't know why they ended up way up there. Now, like I said, so the, the, the police go up there like, well, this, they described the car. Let's go check this out. Um, and uh, on the, the 28th is when they go up there and they find the car. Um, it's on a really rough back gravel road, potholes, everything like that. Uh, remote area. The... There's still gas in the car. It's not out of gas. Mm-hmm. It's not stuck. It may have been slipping around in the snow, but it wasn't stuck. Right, right. Uh, like they easily, moved they these had. guys easily could have got out and pushed it. Right, right. You know these these five guys. Um, the car was unlocked. The keys were gone, and it was functional. The driver's side windows down, completely functional. Car was. Right. Yeah, they uh, they actually the the police actually they didn't have the keys, but they hot wired it and it cranked right up. Right. So right. the car was. In just fine shape. It could have still... So there was no good crazy. reason for them to have gotten no, out of it? No good reason for them to have gotten out and gone anywhere. Uh, their snack wrappers were all still in the car, but no sign of the guys. So do the police think the most likely scenario is they thought they were stuck and didn't think to push it? Uh, they have no idea. I, I mean, you'd think they would at least give it a shot, right? Yeah. Well, especially, you know, if you got, like, I mean, Matthias, who was in the Army and was, you know... Didn't have any kind of mental handicap. Right. We right. said, let's do this. Or or Madruga, who, you know, who also has a driver's license. He was actually in the Army as well before. Okay. Um, like, these guys would have thought, let's push the car, right? You yeah, know? you'd think so. Uh, I, I have no idea. I don't know what happened with that. Also, who's that woman with the baby? That's a fine question. A really good question, right? Um, so, they start looking. But a few days later, there's a giant snowstorm. It dumps, I think it's about nine inches of snow on the area. Uh-huh. So they have to call this off until spring thaw. They're almost up at the snow line, by the way, at this point. They're so far up the mountain. Okay. And the snow line would be where, like, when you're past that snow line, there's snow year-round on the ground. Right. right? This, is, this is how high up in the mountains they are. Um, so once it dumps this big snow, you know, in February, you're probably not going to have uh, – it's not going to clear off till spring. Right, right. right. So they call off the search after a few days, especially because, you know, with weather conditions. like They were just presumed dead. Presumed, presumed dead, really, at that point, unless someone had picked him up and they were somewhere else. But right, right. They didn't think it was going to do any good to keep searching up there in the National Forest. So they call it off. They start back to search in the spring, but they, they can't find any of them. Like, you know, their trail's been completely wiped out by the snow, everything like that. 
They don't have a big break of this case until June of that year. Mm-hmm. There are uh, a group of motorcyclists, and they're sort of riding through the Sierra Mountains, okay? And they drive by a uh, Forestry Service trailer, which is meant to be used by the Forestry Service as a shelter, if necessary. Mm-hmm. And they notice a window's broken out of it. So they just go check out what's going on. And when they get into that window, they smell this terrible smell of decomposition. And they go in and check, and oh, inside gosh. they find Ted Wire's body on a bed under several layers of blankets. Uh, so obviously they they call the police. The police come up there. They identify it's, it's Ted Wire. Um, I don't said where and wire. I'm really not positive which way. I think it's wire because okay. that's pronounced. But um, Ted, he was like a 200 pound guy, and he's lost about 80 or 100 pounds oh. since then. Um, How long ago they think he died? Well, that's the thing. They were able to tell by his beard growth. They think he was alive in that shelter for between eight and 13 weeks. So if they'd have kept looking, they might have found They probably Well, possibly. I mean, this was 20 miles from the car, though. Oh so they probably God. would have never looked, looked that, that far. far. Yeah. Right? So, so I hate to like put this on the police. I've heard a lot of people say, why didn't they search this shelter? They knew it was there. It's 20 miles from that car. Why would they think they'd be able, these guys would be able to make it that far? I don't think I could make it 20 miles in that kind of a snowstorm, you know? Yeah. And um, uh, at any rate, um, but uh, Ted was severely emaciated. He, um, they determined that he died from exposure and starvation, even though his feet were frostbitten, he'd lost some toes and he had gangrene in his feet, oh. but it wasn't the sepsis that killed him. Okay. It was, uh, it was the exposure. It was the starvation. Here's the crazy thing. Um, there are, Several cans of food that have been opened and emptied in the in the trailer with him mm-hmm. that had come from a storage locker outside. But also outside is another storage locker full of canned food. This is enough canned food to last all five men about a year. Holy Lord. And why was it there? Well, like I said, this is this is a, meant to be used as a shelter by oh, the forestry right. service if okay, necessary. So they, they, it's well stocked. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's well stocked, yeah. And there is propane and a heater. And they weren't using it was had never been used. They didn't turn the propane on at all. Didn't use the heater at all. The only thing that had been turned on is that somebody lit a candle inside. Um, now, there's not really any sign of the other men, except Gary Mathias's shoes are in that building with him. And Ted's shoes are gone. So some people were thinking maybe, see, Ted had bigger uh, feet than Gary. Mm-hmm. That maybe Ted and Gary were both there. And, you know, if Gary had frostbite on his feet, they might have been swollen. So he may have taken Ted's bigger shoes when he left. Um, Another interesting thing is that these cans of food were opened with an army issued P-38 can opener. Okay. Every time I've heard this in like a a video or something about this case, I was like, what does that have to do with anything? And the people say, well, you know, these this was an army issued can opener. Only the guys in the army would know how to use it. I'm like, it's a can it's a opener, can right? Opener. So I look it up. And I actually watched a video on how to use the P38 can opener. And it's really not that simple. Really? It's not. I mean, I'm pretty sure I can figure it out. But. Not obvious. I would, if it wasn't with the cans of food, I wouldn't know it was a can opener, though. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not obvious. And I would definitely say that, you know, Gary could have at least showed these other guys how to use the, the can opener, right? I don't know. It, I feel like these other guys could have used the can opener yeah, if they really wanted to, right? I mean, surely you would think. Um, but it is. It's not really simple. It's it's not very self-explanatory when you look at it. Okay. It is a weird little can opener. So I'll give them that. Um, 
So we've discussed, you know, he's found in here, there was a source of heat, but he was freezing, and there was food, but he was starving. Do they have any idea why? Not really. I mean, there's speculation, right? But let's get on to the other things we find. Okay. And then we'll come back to maybe what may have happened, okay? So they start searching. Instead of searching in a radius from the car, they start searching in a radius from this trailer. Okay. And about five miles before that Forestry Service shelter, they find the bodies of um, of Madruga and Sterling. Okay. So it looks like they never actually made it to and the... they had been dead much longer? Well, you know, with the cold and... There are very few remains this part because of all the wildlife. It's hard to say. They've been dead longer. But it looks like they never actually made it to that shelter because it was farther down. It was about five miles down the trail. Right, right. So they never made it there. Um, so at that point, you have Matthias and uh, Jackie Hewitt that are still missing. Now, Matthias was the one that really didn't have any kind of mental handicap. And Hewitt was the most handicapped of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they continue the search. And uh, Jackie Hewitt's dad actually insists on going on the search with them, even though at this point the police are like, don't come. Don't come, please. Right. Because they know when they find something what they're probably going to find. Right. And, of course, when someone finds something, it's Jackie's dad. He mm-hmm. uh, he finds his jacket, and when he goes to pick the jacket up, Jackie's spine falls out of it. Oh, that's And uh, I can't imagine finding that, you know, as a parent. Um, but that was they found his remains. It looked like he had probably made it to the... To the um, camp. the camp, and then had gone on farther, but Matthias was never found, um, never able to find Gary Matthias. So they looked and looked and looked, but couldn't find any sign of him. But you've got to understand, it's no probably sign. a miracle they found the other guys. Yeah, fair enough. You know, um, they did, however, find three of the Forestry Service wool blankets and a flashlight, uh, not very close to Hewitt's body. So it looks like someone else had those. So that's probably Matthias had those there, and they'd up left there. He he may have well died close to them. They just never could find his body or any remains. So the one who was the most mentally handicapped, mm-hmm. do we know why he left once he got to the shelter? We have no clue, but there's a lot of speculation. Um, now, <clears throat> as I said, it seems like Madruga and Sterling never actually made it to the shelter, right? So you would end up with uh, Wire and Hewitt, and then Matthias, who was the the uh, the man with schizophrenia, that all end up in the in the shelter together, right. right? But we don't know why you know they would have left there, right? And it, it seems like, I mean, did they stay there until until Ted Wire died? Did they um, and then just leave because his body was there? Did they did they leave him there? Maybe think they were going to go get help? I mean, it's still, none of this makes any sense. I mean. I would I would say well even if the if the, your friend was dead there why would you leave a source of heat and food but if they weren't using the heat or food anyways exactly yeah it, it doesn't make a lot of sense now um, let's talk about like what could have happened though okay right tell me there is some theory that makes this seem like it makes their behavior seem remotely reasonable I can give you a theory but there's not a lot of evidence for it okay okay. So, I, mean, I don't really expect a lot of evidence at this point. I mean, mm. given the manner of death and how long it was till they were found. Right. Okay. Let's talk about I'm it. I'm good with speculation. Let's say these guys could have gotten off the highway at the wrong spot. Okay. And if they had, and they just kept driving down that road, they could have wound up where they were. But remember, this is two hours out of their way. So is, is there a, a plausible path for them to get 
two hours out of their way to this place. Oh yeah, they could have just kept driving straight. I think it would have just turned into this place. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm not sure if just completely driving straight, but I would say like the highway ends. You got to go one way or another, right? Mm-hmm. So they'd end up there. But it's really insane to to me, and I, I'm not saying I'm not trying to say that these men, you know, make great judgment calls. But why would you keep going on a rough road up a mountain in the snow when it definitely seems like you're not going the right way? Right. And it seems like you'd figure that out after two yeah. hours. So it seems like maybe someone lured them there or forced them to go there. A lot of people feel like that. Maybe they witnessed something at that basketball game when they're leaving that basketball game they shouldn't have seen and they didn't even realize it. Uh, maybe they saw something when they were leaving the convenience store. Right. Um there's, you know, Joseph Schoen's, um account of seeing them with other people, you know, and we're not sure exactly how many people he saw, but he said he saw a group of men and a woman with a child. Um, there may have been some more men that weren't our five guys right. there. Um, they could have been lured up there to help this woman. You know, I, I would say these guys are probably pretty easy to manipulate, to manipulate especially if they think they're doing a good job, being yeah, good fair. Samaritans. And, you know, they could have uh, they could have been drawn up there, but it's so far out of the way. You know, yeah, it's, it's really strange is. to think that. And it's it's a strange place for someone to lie in wait with a trap this far off the beaten path. I mean, so let's say that, that they there weren't so many mentally disabled people in the story. Mm-hmm. I would find it nearly impossible to believe that they accidentally got two hours away. I agree. I agree. Now, I'll make some allowances mm-hmm. considering. Yeah. But it's still, I think, I think Lord is probably more, more closer to the mark. You would, you would think so, right? Now there are some other people that think that maybe Matthias had sort of like taken, I didn't say taken control, but told these other guys we need to go here, um, because now Matthias actually apparently knew some folks that if they'd gotten off the same exit on the highway, that he could have been going to their house, but they still been. A long way from where they ended up, right? Right, right. And those those particular friends said they hadn't even heard from Matthias in a year, so they don't think he would have been coming to their house. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and you have a lot of people pointing to the fact that, you know, Matthias, was, he's a schizophrenic and he dealt with a lot of psychosis and stuff. But, I mean, we don't have any reason to think he'd come off of his medications at that point. Now, I will say later on in the situation, As he would have been off his he would He wouldn't have had medication with him and, and there's no telling what kind of mental state he would have been in later. Yeah. And I'm not trying to accuse him of murdering him or anything like that. No, please don't think I'm saying that. I'm just saying he probably would not have been making great decisions at I mean, that point either. That has either. to be a possibility that the police considered though. Yeah, I'm sure, they, I'm sure they have, right? But, I mean, when you find people like laying outside like that, likely from exposure, he, I mean, why would he, why would you think someone had murdered him? Right? Yeah. Uh, but you you still have to think was did someone else take did someone else take them to that that trailer and hold them hostage there right or did they just find it on their own how did they even know where like were they heading for that trailer how did they even know where it was now I, I will be honest I do think um, a lot of people point out like how did they find that trailer which makes sense to me but apparently I don't remember what the piece of machinery is called it's not a snowplow but uh, something like a like a like a wilderness kind of snowplow had come through and cleared the snow off in a path toward that trailer though. So it makes sense if they would have followed that path, right. they would have found it. But why would they even Just follow the path, path of least resistance? Why would they not have gone back down the road? That's a fair question. If they were walking, right? And I, I still cannot get past the fact that there was food and heat there. 
Exactly. But you were you were explaining a theory. Let me it, let me go with that. So Madruga and Sterling never made it to the trailer. Right? Okay. So that leaves uh, Ted Ware, who was the man with the frostbite. Oh wait, so before, one quick question: Were they? I forget. Were they all accounted for at this point, other than? Um, Matthias or was it Matthias? Matthias? Matthias to this day is the only one that was never found. Okay. Okay. Um, now Matthias, he's the one that doesn't have any kind of mental handicap. Right. right. Um, Madruga and Sterling are the ones that never made it to the shelter. Madruga is uh, possibly other than Matthias the most highly functioning mm-hmm. of the group. He has the driver's license. He owns the car, uh, and Sterling was his best friend. They never made it. That's going to leave Matthias, who doesn't really have a, a mental handicap other than his mental health mental issues. Illness. Yeah. Um, Ted Wire, who is the, the, One of the more functioning ones. He, well, about middle of the pack, I think. Yeah. Um, but he's the one that had the frostbite on his legs and, you know, possibly he couldn't walk. Maybe the gangrene. Maybe everybody had to take care of him. He had the right. gangrene. Right. And then you have Jackie Hewitt, who was the, the lowest functioning of the group. Okay. Now, so you have Hewitt and Matthias taking care of, of, of Wire in that scenario, which we don't know if this is exactly what happened. Right, right? Right. Um, I don't think Hewitt was probably capable of taking care of him, right? I, Hewitt probably couldn't have used the can opener. It's kind of complicated. Stuff like that, okay? Um, now, you've got Gary Matthias there. Maybe he's taking care of everybody, opening the cans and stuff. But the longer he's stuck here in this shelter without his medication... There's no telling what's going through his mind. And right. maybe he thinks he needs to set out and go try to find help, even though they've got... Definitely going to start impacting his judgment pretty quick. Yeah. Even though they've got food and heat, well, possible heat. They weren't using the heat, but they had food there, right? Mm-hmm. They had to have known the food was there because they opened one of the storage lockers. They could have opened the other one. Right, right. At any rate, maybe Matthias thinks he needs to set out, okay? And go try to figure out something. Go find help, something like that. Matthias sets out... And, you know, possibly in the winter, walks off his death is never found again. It's going to leave you with Ted Wire and uh, and Hewitt there. And like I said, Hewitt is not capable really of taking care of Wire, I don't think. So eventually Wire will die. And then Hewitt probably just thinks, I've got to go. You know, I've got to go somewhere. And he leaves and doesn't make it. Now, now most people theorize that they stayed there until Wire died. And then the two of them left together. But... See, here's here's the way I'm thinking about this, right? Uh, Wire and Hewitt were like best friends. Okay. I don't think Hewitt would have wanted to leave him there, right? That's fair. So if Matthias left him, he might have stayed with him. And then if you remember, Madruga and Sterling were best friends. Mm -hmm. And we found their bodies close together. Yeah. yeah. One of them may have fallen out of making the other one refused to to leave him, you know? Uh, Like, these guys are very loyal to each other. They're very good friends. When you're starving... And dying, I mean, I can see where loyalty can go out the window. I, I, I get that, right? I, I get that. But I'm not saying that's what happened, right? I'm not saying that. But I think it's a possibility. Right. And I think it's a possibility that maybe Matthias left Hewitt and Wire there at the cabin, not really realizing that Hewitt's not going to be able to open the food and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And Wire ends up dying, and then, then Hewitt leaves. Well, okay, but whether he can open the food have even been a factor, considering they weren't using it anyways. Well, they use some of the food, right? They open okay. one of the locker and use, one of the lockers and use the food out of it. Okay, okay, okay. They just never open the other locker, and, and you have to assume if this one was full of food, this one will be too. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, and, and that's the thing about this case is there's so many mysteries that don't make sense and trying to figure out exactly what happened. But now the heat they didn't use at all. They don't use it at all. Do we have any explanation for that? 
No. No. Maybe they did, just did it look like they had tried to use it and couldn't? Mm. No. And honestly, I think especially like Matthias would know how to turn on a propane tank and turn the heater on. Is there any chance Matthias planned this? Well, some people think he may have. Some people think that, but I mean, this guy, this guy, okay, let's, let's go back to this here. Okay. Like, firstly, why, why would he have, I mean, maybe if he'd gone off his meds, yeah. He, I mean, why would he look for a, for Satan's ring inside of a, well, well, that was his, you know, his psychosis. That was years ago before he had gotten on this medication regimen. That, right, but are we certain that he never came off the medication? We're not, we're not certain of that, but we know he had gone two years without having any kind of spells like this. Now, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time someone on medication, obviously, not. illness decided to stop taking the medication, right? Obviously not. Obviously not. However, I will say, and this is something that people pointed out, uh, when he was dealing so heavily with his schizophrenia when he's in the army, he developed a lot of drug problems. You know, probably because of his mental illness, that'll drive you to that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, people think he may have, have, relapsed at that point and had gotten into some drugs that may have... Maybe he was having withdrawals when he was there. Some withdrawals. Maybe he had just thrown his his uh, judgment off, something like that. Now, I'm going to say we don't have any evidence of that. You're right. Though. It's a pure speculation. Pure speculation. Also, I'd like to point out that Matthias was just as excited about that basketball game the next day they were going to play in as everyone else. So I don't feel like he would have lured them off to their deaths, you know, like if... He was really wanting to play this basketball game the next day. I mean, look, I'm you're probably right. I'm just trying to figure out some reason. Oh no, that, I, something I that makes agree. sense of this set of circumstances. I completely agree with you. It, it doesn't make sense. Also, let, let's point out that Matthias really loved these guys. He wasn't just like hanging out with them because he wanted to take advantage of these four guys have no money or something, right. right? Like he he really liked these guys, and I think it may have something to do with the fact that when you've lived for so long with this severe mental illness. That you've had run-ins with the law, you, you're living with a lot of like you know judgment on you, right? Right. right. And he probably found these four friends of his that you know didn't, didn't judge, judge him for that stuff, you know, like, that we deal with our own thing, you know. You, you're our friend. He loved these guys. He loved playing on the basketball team with them, you know. They loved hanging out. Now, now I won't say the other the other four guys their their parents like they had some issues with them hanging out with Matthias because you know. I mean, for one, this guy doesn't have a mental handicap like the rest of them, and he also has had these mental health issues. But that doesn't mean, you know, I'm not going to, like, uh, you know me, I, I do not want to, like, demonize someone because they have a mental health issue, right, right. right? Like, I feel like that you have police do that all the time, and we don't want to do that here. Now, I can't say that he hadn't come off his meds. He could have done that, but he was acting completely normal to his family when he Prior left that morning. Okay. And if he did just go, like, one or two days without his meds, it's not going to affect him, like, going a couple weeks without it. Yeah, yeah of course. Right? Now, I will say, after he's been off him for a couple weeks in that shelter, there's no telling what was going through his mind, you know? I mean, especially given the circumstances. Yeah, stress, stress, everything like that. um, But but again, we have no reason to think he's murdered anyone. Like, like, Wire was not harmed. He just... Right, was right. in the bed, covered up, and it looked like someone else had covered him up, like like he hadn't actually pulled the blankets. Maybe on someone himself. was taking care of him. Yeah, someone was taking care of him, or wanted to leave him with plenty of blankets, and went out to go, you know, try to find something, this or that, something okay, like that. Okay, so. Have the police ever given anything resembling a theory? No, no, not any kind of official theories. They've looked into all kinds of stuff. Um, Now, there have some people called uh, Joseph Schoen into question. Which one's he? The man that had the heart attack. Oh, right. Um, Thinking maybe he had like an altercation with him that night. How is he the only part of this story that I remembered? It's Well, it's pretty memorable that somebody's, you know, like, 
So were four people dying in the wilderness after driving two hours out of the way. That's true. At any rate, though, people have questioned Sean's story into... Uh, well, they've questioned it because they think maybe he had an altercation with these guys and, like, scared them and they ran off into the woods or something because, like, their car got stuck or whatever. But let's let's... Let's point out here, like, he did have a heart attack. Like, he went to the hospital. There are medical records. He had that heart attack, okay? So, I mean, he didn't make the heart attack up. Like, why would he make any of the rest of it up? Now, he may have hallucinated some of the story. Is it possible that what he thought was a woman with a baby could have been two of the guys or one carrying something? Who knows? I, that very well could have been possible, honestly. I mean... I'm not sure he even knows why he thinks he saw a woman with a baby, right? Right, right. Because when you're sitting there having a heart attack and you're seeing something way off in the distance, how do you make sense out of it? He, this is just what he's telling the police that he thinks he saw. I mean, and it seems like that it would have been difficult to tell given the circumstances yeah. without a heart attack. Here's what I'm going to say. I don't doubt he thinks he saw what he saw. Right, right, right. But he could have hallucinated some of it. He admits he could have hallucinated some of it. But he did see them in the area where he passed that car the next day. Right, right. So he must have seen something. He at least let the cops know where the car was. Yeah. yeah. You know? And the man had a heart attack. I don't. He got he his story that there's too much truth to his story for him to be making everything up. Exactly, and, and I don't see there's no real you know he doesn't have any kind of motive to harm these guys, right? And that the guys didn't have money. They're not you know I don't know. And he had a reason for being there. Exactly. Um, the most likely scenario people think is they just took a wrong turn and ended up there. But I almost wrong feel like turn for two hours. Exactly right, and even their families say there's no way, there's no way they had to have been lured up there, forced to go up there for some reason. Though I don't know how you force four guys somewhere like that. No, and I don't know why they would have struck out into the woods on a path instead of going back down the road. Yeah, there is one other detail that that uh, makes people think that there could have been someone else with them. Okay, that went with them, uh, and to me, it's not as strong as everyone else acts like it is. I, I have seen many videos, listened to several podcasts about this. I've, I've been following this case for a long time. It's one of my favorite cases. Everyone always brings up that the car was not damaged. It was a really rough road. It has potholes. Uh, it's snowing. Whatever. Okay, but they're like the undercarriage of the car wasn't damaged. I'm like. That necessarily mean anything though. No. Okay. So you know what? We may not have a lot of snow here. We don't deal with driving in snow a ton. But one thing we know about is rough roads. That is very true. We know about rough roads. Like we grew up, most of these roads around here weren't even paved, paved. Right. I mean, they're they're supposed to be, but they weren't. Right. And there are potholes everywhere. We know about rough roads. In fact, we may be know. doing an episode eventually about where that money went. I, that would be a good episode. Yeah. Actually, but we know about rough roads, right? Our cars don't just get beat all to hell. Driving down the road, okay? Now, if he'd just been going slow and watching for potholes and stuff, I don't think he would have necessarily damaged the car driving it up there. I mean, I realize this is a 1970s vehicle not you know, without modern suspension and stuff, but that doesn't mean he's going to damage his car driving it up there, okay? Especially if he's going slow, taking his time, nervous about the snow, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean he damaged that car. But everyone else says it had to have been someone that really knew the area that was... Driving the car so it didn't get damaged. So someone else. To me, I think someone that really knew the area that's trying to lure these guys up there would be in more of a hurry. I think this guy that loves his car to death is, would have been driving slowly up there and taking care of his car. And it's more likely that he wouldn't damage right. it than someone else yeah, driving it agree. that's trying to lure him up there. So I disagree with 
everyone else's opinion on that I've ever heard that the car wasn't damaged. I mean, so, so what? other than the car not being damaged, do they have any other evidence that nope. someone else was there? Nope. There was a woman uh, that called the police farther up north in the state that mm-hmm. said that she saw these guys show up at a convenience store two days in a row in a red pickup and get out and like one of them made a phone call and a couple of them bought some stuff at the store. But from her description, they weren't acting anything like these guys were do act. Does that make sense? Right, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they seemed like they didn't have any kind of mini mental uh, handicaps. They were acting just super normal. So she probably really didn't see these guys. There's no no truth to it. Also, a random person in in Yuba County, a random woman, has no ties to the case whatsoever. Got some random phone calls with this guy on the other end saying, "I know what happened to those boys. Oh, I killed those boys." But again, this is this is huge news. It's like the kind of thing you know that you get from every case. Exactly, right? It's like 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 people just just fake stuff. So those don't seem to me like real evidence at all. And the only real evidence we have is we've got um, you've got Shone's sighting of them. You've got their last sighting at the convenience store. You've got their car, the stuff that's in the car. Now there is one thing that's a little weird, but I don't put a lot of weight in this either. Um, Found in the the trailer shelter, um, there was a watch there that none of the guy's families could identify that watch. It didn't seem to belong to any of them. But this is a shelter that's used by the U.S. Yeah. Forestry Service. Like, maybe somebody just yeah, left the watch there. there, you know, accidentally yeah. when they were there at some point. It's not like, you know, it's not a... Do people think that points to someone else being there with them? Yeah. Yes, people think that points to that. But honestly, you can't say that. Not necessarily. You can't say that. They'll they'll say that, you know, the fact that they weren't using the heat and using enough of the food is maybe someone was holding them hostage in that trailer. But who would take them out there in the middle of nowhere to this forestry trailer? To, th- they would have to freeze, too. Yeah. 20 miles away. 20 miles from that car. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that they made it 20 miles to me. Like None of this makes any sense. No, this it doesn't. It's just all bizarre. Like, they could have sat in the car and left it running. Like, this is... This is frustratingly bizarre. Frustratingly bizarre, but that's what I like about it. Like, I love how mysterious this case is. Um, I like having at least some evidence to, to go on. Mm-hmm. Like, all you can do here is just it's just pure conjecture. Yeah, well, this is why it's the American Dialogue Pass, right? Yeah. Now, um, a lot of people, you know, that do argue that you know Matthias had something to do with it, right? Matthias is not uh, serviced all these years later, right? And they actually were have been, were looking for him at any kind of like mental health clinic or facilities where he could have tried to get medication for his schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. He never showed up at any of them. So I, I don't think Matthias honestly made it out of there. I think he probably died as well, and they just never found his body. That's easily um, the most likely scenario. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily think he did anything nefarious. I, I think he may have done some crazy things after being off his meds for a while. But I don't necessarily think he lured them up there for any particular reason. You know, I mean, there is a chance he could have had a psychotic episode, though, and, and told them, we need to go here, we need to go here. And they listened. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Again, I don't want to demonize him, but you've got, you know, four guys with um, mental handicaps. And then then one guy, that if he has this, this schizophrenic episode, could completely throw everything off course. Right. right? Like, it's, it's, it's kind of a recipe for disaster, but that doesn't mean something like that happened. I mean, let's just say that, like, you know, Madruga took a wrong turn, didn't realize it, and no one else was paying attention. They're still celebrating from, you know, their 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 team winning. For two hours. The basketball game. Well, not for two hours, obviously, but, like, you know, for, like, 30 minutes or something, they don't realize, and then they're pretty much bought into this one path. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't turn around. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe they were worried they'd get stuck if they tried to turn around on this road. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I want to know. I really want to know about that woman and the baby. Mm-hmm. Like, was there really something happening up there? And if if Shone wasn't hallucinating and it was just the guys up there, it's really weird how they just killed the lights and when he yelled at him for help. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they'd like if he if they'd went down if, if they were there, it was just them, he yelled, they'd gone down to help him, he could have said, This is where we need to go, guys, and they could have all gotten out of there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't so, know. So if that assuming that was them and it was near their vehicle, so it almost certainly was, mm-hmm. I guess they didn't think maybe they didn't think they were in trouble at that point. Or thought they shouldn't be there and would get in trouble. Maybe. But, Maybe not, but if that's going through your mind, you're not desperate yet. No. And, and, you know, they could have thought, maybe they thought they were trespassing and Sean was like the owner and he's trying to yell at him to get out of there or something when he's trying to get help. But I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me that, that maybe that happened and they ran off, you know, down the trail instead of going back down the road. Maybe they just didn't know what kind of danger they were in yet. Maybe. 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 And if they had no idea, they were up in the middle of the National Forest. They didn't think going down the trail would be that bad you know i mean i guess i guess they could have had no clue that they were going to go 20 miles where they found anything yeah i'm I'm stumped i have no idea mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 one of those that will likely remain a mystery forever but i find it a very intriguing mystery yeah like, it really it's, is it's uh i wish there were more details to, to a better too. story could be I painted, too. and i honestly feel like i honestly do feel like they're they may have been lured up there because I just don't see him getting there any other way. Like, that's the biggest story. The, the, the biggest part of the mystery to me is not, like, what happened once they got out in the woods. It's how the and hell they got, got up the there to part. start with, you know? And why they got out of the car. Well, yeah, I mean, like, even that. Like, you can you can think, like, well, maybe they thought they could walk so far and find right, somebody. Right. After they get there, yeah. you can start to come up with reasons yeah. for the rest of their behavior. But there is that no... one two-hour drive to the middle of nowhere... I, I got nothing. I I don't either. It makes no sense. Either they thought they had to go there for some reason. Someone lured them. Uh, maybe someone followed them and they were scared and they were trying to, you know, make turns to get away from them. Because, I mean, that's the kind of thing you do. Like, if you think someone's following you, you start making turns and see if they follow you. Still, Fair. You know? Um, I'm not saying they would have necessarily reacted that way, but maybe they did. And the person kept following them. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Sean says he saw two sets of headlights. So unless he was seeing double. Which, I mean, he may have been, you know, after that heart attack. Very possible. But it was a mild enough heart attack that he was okay and he could walk down the mountain the next day. But he did have a heart attack. I don't want people to think he just made that up. There are medical records of his heart attack. So, But that is the Yuba County Five. I was about to say, I think we're just repeating ourselves. Yeah, we are. But uh, but it is. It's super interesting. It really is. I guess we should wrap up now. All right. This has been another episode of Fact and Suspicion. Thank you. Dan and Ben, we are very happy that you listened slash watched our episode. And we would love it if you can interact in any way it helps us out. Uh, Like, subscribe, leave a comment, anything like that. Tell someone about us because anytime somebody comes to us, it helps us out a ton. Um, We'd love to hear any of your feedback in the comments. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you soon.